Hey, this is Candia Raquel, and you are at the Sensual Sessions podcast, the place to explore sense and pleasure through your senses and move in a way that is completely free from inhibition and full with self-expression. If you're new, please go to www.centrodepoder, as in Spanish, Center of Power, Centro de Poder, and get yourself signed up to get these episodes delivered weekly on your inbox for free. And today we, we have a very special guest. This is Michelle Boulet. She's uh, an energy healer. She's a coach. And she's a Feldenkrais method practitioner. She has dived into Alexander Technique. She started dancing when she was five years old. She's an artist. And well, to me, she's a fascinating person to, to ask her about this topic of sensuality. So welcome, Michelle. I am very honored to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I have have to say, I am not a Feldenkrais practitioner, but oh, I've done okay. plenty You've of hours Feldenkrais. of sessions. Yeah, very familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, such an amazing somatic uh, method. And you've done also Alexander Body Mind Centering. So what made you so interested on, on this um, kind of sensitive bodily approach? Mm. Yeah, there's two thoughts coming to mind. One was it was just the way that I could keep dancing. Okay. I wanted to be able to keep dancing. And, and because I had so many injuries, uh, just significant ones, I it led me to looking at the body from a more holistic that's jumping out too. Alexander Technique too has such subtle refinement and we're talking about sensuality. And I think people often think of sensuality as this sort of more like gross in a big way. Like I have to fe feel a certain way. It has to be all over my body, you know, like, and, and I, so I'm curious, you know, about what will arise today in, in the various ways to experience sensuality and what it means individually for each person in in this, a very specific moment in their lives. Yes, yes. What you say is so important. Sensuality at the personal level, according to the specific moment in in your life, because we are marketed the sensuality as something like uh, I don't know, like over the top, high heels, um, bustier, and big hair and eyelashes, lip filling, plastic surgery, Mercedes Benz, a lot of money and like screaming pleasure. And I mean, all of that is great, but that's maybe just one specific expression of sensuality. And I believe that what is important is to focus sensuality on the singularity, like what the sensuality means for you and what is your sensual fingerprint. And I believe that has to do with self-discovery. So when when was the first time like you discovered that there was like a sensual pleasurable way of moving, especially with these dance background that has like like a common thread in many dancers including myself of dealing with injuries in in my case like i i didn't get it until there was no other way like i couldn't move and then i started considering moving in a different way because like I came into somatic work like seriously because there was no other way out from from like being seated on a wheelchair after a core muscle detached from from my spine my left psoas so yeah to me like <laughs> that understanding that it's it's not like a huge scandalous expression for me sensuality but but a nuanced 
like little flame that then can expand and then can become something something big but inwardly sourced and yeah so the, the question got like very long <laughs> so my question is like yeah how, how was your journey with with um discovering sensual pleasure in movement it's such an interesting question because i feel like my relationship to it is, is is of course very specific to me and there was a lot of service and devotion in my practice as an artist and a mover it really like my question since before i was 10 years old is how can i be in service how can i be available to something greater and i can't say you know it's there's there's this one memory i have of being on tour and there was a a dancer who was um stepping in for someone who was injured beautiful dancer and and she she would warm up and she i remember just like being on my my felden or not feldenkrais franklin method rolly massage balls and just like taking my time and and she was just moving with so much pleasure and delight and i was like wow that is not how i feel <laughs> this. that is not how i feel it, it really and i and i i feel like this is continuing to open up it's like the, the, in some ways, and I think it's part of my design too. It's like, as I'm, I'm a student of human design, and I'm also using it in my in my work with my clients, students, and friends, and loved ones. And um, I have a lot of depth and like desire for mastery in my being, and and it it, it I've had to kind of work with my own ability to like find like just deep satisfaction in the in the devotion and the emotional like um offering you know of the work that I do and and so it's like I wouldn't necessarily always associate sensuality yes like or or even pleasure necessarily but I love what I do I love that devotion I love that that offering, I love being a channel for something. Like, I guess in that way, um, being a channel for the artistry, being a channel literally for movement, being a channel in the healing work that I've done in my own containers and other containers of love, like that is, it's almost like beyond the body and it couldn't happen without the body. Yes, yes. Beyond so the body, but wouldn't happen without the body. It emerges yeah. from it sources from from the fleshly felt experience. So it's very interesting how you say that you have like this imprint that goes towards mastery, and that then also devotion plays uh, a big part in what you're doing. And I feel that's the key because I I feel also like I have a tendency to to go to the bottom of things and, and really master stuff and really getting there, which is tremendously goal-oriented. Like, there are times that I get so, like, obsessed that, like, I cannot breathe until I, I get, like, a little grasping of the thing, which ruins the process and makes attainment even more difficult. And I believe that devotion is like the way, like being present moment by moment, letting the movement unfold by itself. And then you create a path that naturally gets you to, to whatever master you're looking for. So I, I feel that this devotion, devotional quality, these devotional like endeavor is is great to deal with the frustration of any journey when you're an apprentice and devotion like can become like a beam of curiosity because even if if you have reached a, a certain mastery like each moment is completely new which leads me to something that that you say of 
of growing not by competition but through inspiration and and creation so what what's your take on this as a coach because well i, I am not a coach and i just have an idea that coach is like very pragmatic like you want to get results and like measurable results and and work not hard but actually work smart which is like structured so how how can you pair like this devotional aspect to, to the stru structural um journey for for mastery oh that's an interesting question um you know there is something very much you're absolutely right. There is something very much in the coaching world where there's a measurable, attainable goal. And, and I have to say also as an artist and someone who is deeply um, committed to my own spiritual practice too, and to the spiritual journey of the people I work with, there needs to be space for mystery. <laughs> Yes. You know, like, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm finding that more and more, like, I think there are, I think the goal just gives us something to be in relationship to. Okay. And, and I know even for myself, you know, I'm working with a coach right now and I don't even know what the goal is necessarily. Actually, let me say this. <laughs> I think the goal is, is, is love. Ultimately, the, the the goal with non-attachment, right? Like the devotion with non-attachment, the devotion with surrender. I feel like the embodied act of devotion means I'm also going to let go. Yes. Because I, like that word for me, when I see it, I see, feel either body lying back and in surrender or prostrated, you know, yeah on the floor before something. So I guess, let's see if there's anything more I want to say about this. It's, I think it really can depend on the person because I will, I will ask people, what do you want? I, I will want to see what's there. And oftentimes a person does have something like I literally wrote down, you know, I said, I don't know why I'm working with my coach, but I literally wrote down four goals this morning like almost as receptacles for, you know, like, okay, what, what wants to happen in this basket? What wants to happen in this basket? So I'm not without these things. And I think what coaching does, you know, I, I led uh, my group, it's called the Brilliant Creatives Community today. It just, it shows blind spots, like yes. quick, yes. you know, so, so there, there's spaces that are therapeutic, which I feel like I also have the capacity to hold having done so much of my own work in those spaces and also learning how to hold those spaces. But there's something in coaching, like today, someone was expressing something they wanted. And immediately after that, they expressed another statement. And I was like, wait, hold up. Like, do you see why this isn't happening? And is this second statement the person said, I was like, is this true? But look at how automatically that thought came in right after this desire. So of course there's going to be there's going to be no movement towards the thing. So I I just feel like you know someone said this to me that coaching can speed up a process. And I would say I agree with that. You know there's a there's a relationship I can tell the difference when I'm working with my therapist versus my coach. Um so I I I feel like you know they there are ways that they can overlap. And there's also very different coaches. Like I've, I've had a coach who's super pragmatic. It's just like, okay, this is what you want to do. How much do you want to charge? What day do you want to do that part of it? What day do you want to do that part of it? And part of me is like, oh, like it helps me get over the part of myself that resists that. It, I, I, I'm guided towards it. And I, and again, like, I think the biggest thing with coaching work is to help. And this is with my teaching too, my dance teaching. It's like to help the person in front of me, find their own agency. Yes. Find their own, their own ability to choose and connect to the knowing inside of them. So I feel like it's just, I think, I think each person needs something different at a different time. 
And I would say when I'm working with someone, I just trust, okay, this person is really ready because I will go deep. (laughs) You know, it's like, I also had a client tell me uh, just last week that the work we did two years ago was really in some ways hard. It was really hard because she had to get honest and she had a hard year after we stopped working and together. And she's like, but if she had not done that, you know, her words were that where she is now would not have been possible. And she said, I don't know if I would have been able to do it without you. And that, Oh God, you know, that was just like, that touched me, you know, there's just to, to know that, um, part of what I feel like I'm here to do is, is hold people to that truth. And I feel like I can only do it if I do it for myself. Yes. It was a part of my, it is and was a part of my artistic practice. I feel like the work I got really recognized for with Miguel Gutierrez was, was like, I'm going to be a champion for this. I'm going to, I'm going to be in devotion and I'm going to be open. And that's what I felt like our creative process was. He's like, can you, can you try this, Michelle? Can you go to the corner of the room and scream this thing? I was like, sure, (laughs) sure. I'll try it. And then it was just like, okay, I'm going to show up in service. I have one more story to share, which is um, I was in a Kundalini yoga class in Columbus, Ohio, while I was uh, in a rehearsal residency with the choreographer, B.B. Miller. And I went to take a Kundalini class. And I feel like I had maybe taken like a yin, I don't know, a yin Kundalini class or something in New York in Chelsea one time. And I was like, oh, it'll be so nice and calm and easy. And I get in there and so many things are happening, but I'll just share the one part of the story that's relevant to now is we're doing, I think it was called the Shiva dance. We're holding our arms like in a cactus and we're running with like bringing our knees as high up as possible for 11 minutes. Yeah. So not pleasurable, definitely sensual because you're feeling a lot. But I just remember in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be, am I going to be so sore tomorrow? Am I, am I going to be able to move tomorrow? But there was something in the spirit of that room that was about devotion, that was about heart and connection. And I was like, I am going to show up for this. And I didn't, I had no pain the next day. You know, and literally I was like, how can I get through this? (laughs) Um, so it's, it's just a, it's a fascinating thing. And I, I think what it speaks to also is we're more, Oh my gosh, we're more powerful than we realize, you know? We're more powerful than what we realize. And, you know, I I love what you say about goals as receptacles, mm-hmm. as containers, because that that gives me the image and the sensation of of a vessel. Of, of desire taking the shape of a vessel to be filled and having that goal as, as a North Star, not just to get there, but just as a, as a pointer to go through the journey in the light, guided, without getting like worried or distracted, wondering if you're gonna end up derailed or somewhere else. Because like, if if you don't know where to go, like you will end up anywhere. So having this goal as, as, a, as a receptacle, it also removes like this um, clenching of duty to comply and allows for for a different way of of going through the journey that is less willful and more devotional like more detached from the end gain and more threading of the tapestry that will become the the outcome like like more involved in in what is now which is the process of becoming the goal. And, and this experience with, with the kind of extreme Kundalini dancing 
doing like super cardio with the knees up. It's a great example of of how different can be the outcome according to to the process that you go through. Because like <clears throat> if you do that in a CrossFit class or I don't know in your living room just because then definitely like definitely you're gonna wake up super sore and every time you want to sit on the toilet for the next week you're gonna remember that experience and maybe regret but when you are like embodied like where you're really in the spirit of it it's not only your quadriceps who's doing the work it's it's your whole self like like the meaning of your existence is rooted in the movement so like if you if we want to get biomechanical well for sure the spine is participating the psoas is taking part of the weight you're cushioning the the impact in a better way like it's and and now <laughs> and now those tribal ancient dances that seem like super exhausting now start to to make sense because like you cannot explain how the 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 sun dancers in the vision quest dance for four days at noon with the sun full on on the desert and and they don't end with kidney irreversible damage out of the dehydration like yeah because when when you are embodied in this kind of really embodied like really making yourself one with the moment you become like extremely efficient you tap in, into your power and not just as a tagline but like as something that i believe it's 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 our true nature. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. There's just something I used to um, have this in my New York apartment on one of the walls. It was this article in the financial section from the New York times on Amachi, the hugging saint in India who goes around the world and hugs people. And she hugs people all day long. She's in a room. I've been to see her twice in a room filled with, hundreds, thousands of people um, just waiting to hug her. And she's sitting there and the journalist asked her, how do you not get tired? And she said, I'm not like a battery that gets used up. I'm connected to source. Wow. Yeah. So it's a different, I mean, everything you're saying, it's just, it's, it is, it's so funny. It's like we get out of the way, our, our ego gets out of the way and our body maybe can fully show up. You know, yeah. yeah, like that, just like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and then we're like all shocked, thinking we had like a an over the top super spiritual experience when we just actually like arrive home and stay there for a few minutes. Like that's our regular state. And how wouldn't it be if, like, we are here because of what our ancestors did when there was no penicillin, no cars, no internet, no nothing. And I mean, they made it. <laughs> and we are here, like, thousand years after. So they, they were connected to the source. And somehow we, we are, we are connected. Like we couldn't be like in a way we couldn't be aware, but there's like a kind of, in the words of Thomas Hanna, sensory motor amnesia. Like there are like 25 bills or, and ways that we get in our own way. And we, we get used to this, being like disconnected and and stiff when 
when our nature is like more unbound, more powerful. And we shy, kind of shy away from that. So I, I am curious on, <laughs> on how, how to make like more lasting changes. Like once, once you get this sensation or this connection, how can we not like get derailed again in our habitual walling off from sensitivity, from devotion, from the delight in the moment now? Yeah, I think there there are so many ways to approach this. I think, you know, let, I want to, I want to mention a couple, like one is to be able to feed the flame of the desire, you know, but also, I mean, I, and I feel like that's like a little cliche, <laughs> but it's true. You know, I think the thing that can keep us from connection with it or the ability to uh, st stay connected to it is shame. And we're so deeply programmed with shame and guilt. It's the lowest vibrational emotion that we don't see it like coming around the corner. Like if, if we really consider that our subconscious mind is what's running the show, it's how I uh, scratch my neck, you know, while I'm, while I'm talking yeah. to you, there's, it's like that subconscious mind is running the show 95 to 99% of the day. And what is programmed in that subconscious you know, it, it, it could, we could say some of it is uh, genetic, you know, what, what we're carrying, carrying forward. And it's everything that we were nurtured with before we were seven years old. Our brains are in a, in a state, a brainwave state where we can't reject anything that we've been taught. So I think it's important to acknowledge what we're up against. So it is true. They're, 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 it's like, what is the thing that pulls you? not pushes you because that, that comes from fear and I'm not enough. And that comes from shame, yes. Yes. right? But the thing that pulls your heart, your soul forward to, and, and, and just like learning a language, a person, it, it needs time and space and practice. So I think those are the components. I, I also feel like surrounding yourself with the right community is so important. Yes. You know, because, because like, it's, it's again, important to remember your subconscious mind doesn't want anything to change. So it, you're not even thinking about it and you're in the grocery store and someone's talking about how the world is falling apart and, and some part of maybe your subconscious latches onto that. And then your, your little ambition, you know, someone says, oh my God, there's no money. There's like, let's do something really practical. You want to find a great house, right? And everyone's like, oh God, there's no houses here. They're so expensive or apartment or home or whatever. And it's like, you don't have it now, right? So that's your subconscious status quo. You hear that and it's like, you know, it comes right in and it's like, okay, yeah, it's hard. And then you start believing it without even realizing it. You start thinking it, but you're not thinking. You're just running a program. So there is something about like, okay, I need to change. I need to be in a, an environment with guides, with information, with a teacher or whatever that starts to change the information, that substructure of information. And we're, 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 we work with embodiment too. Like the body has to know it, feel it through and through and through. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, it's, it's even having enough of a, of a, um, Gosh, I'm going to say this. It's an act of love, right? To shame, shame is eradicated by love. Yes. In, in yeah, in love, it doesn't exist. So, finding spaces where where that is safe to be unbound. Yes. You know, that's a word I'm hearing you use. Like, someone said this to me recently. I was like, oh my god, it's really true. <laughs> like. I, I will love my, my clients into their potential, <laughs> you know, like there's something, there is like a little bit of Joan of Arc in me, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. that's like, we're here for you, you know, and, and I have to learn it for myself. 
right? Like I have that womanly thing too of like, oh, it's so easy for me to love everyone else. And then it's like, <gasps> okay, I, okay. I, and then, then my work is also, okay, I can I receive that too? Yes, yes, yes. You know? Yes, yes. So I guess if I were to, so it's like having that desire, letting it, letting it be supported, learning things, bringing in new information, new mindset, new awareness, having someone catch you in those moments. And then also, are you surrounding yourself with people and information? Like you might, a person might have to shut out everything else to make a big transformation. And that's tough too. Because then it's like, oh my God, do I still want to be friends with that person? Oh my God, do I, am I, how can I keep talking to my mom or whatever? You know, I, I just heard someone say that recently. It's like, she's like, I had to stop talking to my mom. Those are deep, deep, deep connections. Yes. Right. But I, I think, I think the, the biggest thing, oh God, you know, if we want to help heal ourselves in the world is like, is the seed of your action coming from fear or is it coming from love? Yes. Wow. You know, that, it's that question is everywhere. And are we actually paying attention to it? And talking about mastery, right? Like we're going to be asked to pay attention to this throughout our lifetimes. There is no arrival. Yes. There's just, there's a constant working with the material. Yes. Yes. There's an artistry to it. Yes. 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 Like Picasso said, like a a great work of art is never done. It's Mm -hmm. left alone. Like leave it there. Like, and like then we can rest in not only being unbound but also being undone Mm. because like we can have like this open circle that we want to close but it's it's never fully closed because when you achieve something you desire then you want something else but in this process, like you can actually delight in the moment by moment satisfaction. And it's not like achieving one goal and then dying, but allowing for this like kind of open circle that becomes a spiral. And, and very important to notice if the step that you're making moment by moment is a step that is led by this pulling forward of your journey, your desire and love? Or is that very step a seed that you plant on a journey that is rooted in fear, guilt, and shame? And I believe that if you're actually, and I'm not saying that it's bad, nor that it's good. It's not a moral judgment to run on, on fear and guilt. It's just an observation that perhaps when we are running on those like low vibration emotions, we may be actually not taking ownership and not acting with our agency, but actually running on compliance with a certain duty that was installed when we were little and that is running as part of our culture that is actually good that we have it so we know like how to behave and not do crazy stuff on a funeral or on a a wedding or or whatever like okay have a little decency but realize the moments when you are like yeah trying to comply and the moments when you are being fueled by what you choose to do because that's what you want from your singular stance on the on your family constellation and in your so- societal constellation so this speaks about taking your place and owning it and like First, first of all, knowing where you're standing, like what's what's your stand in regards in regards to you, and then you can like say like I gotta stop talking with my mom, or in 
talking to her like maybe without like certain boundaries because I can talk to her only on on a certain channel where I am safe emotionally safe and when I can like add something to, to the connection but only that and maybe also with the neighbor and with the boss and then then you take an active stance on on your life and in society and i believe this stance is the stance of an adult the stance of of maturity and the stance of being open to welcome the best in life which is like very challenging like also uh, as a woman or a as, and also an, a feminine identifying individual, I, I believe that it's hard for me and for many of us to not only be givers, caregivers, but also being care receivers, especially from ourselves. Because in a way for me, it's super easy, like you say, like to take care of people, to help, like I'm always there. And I am doing better with asking for help and receiving help, but it really cost me like, took me like maybe a couple years to, to be okay with, with receiving. And I believe receiving is very important for devotion, like not only an overflowing devotion, but also like an... an openness to being sourced devotionally like this saint like this hugging saint that she was she is connected to the source she doesn't run on battery so she doesn't get empty so she's open to receive to the source from from the source so i am i mean i am curious on what's your take and your experience on this like active receiving like this decision to, to be open and open to, for the best and, and for the pleasure not not only open for duty and and for helping and saving the world but open to to, to get bliss yeah Ooh, such a good question um I, I you know i i think first of all again like with sensuality there's a unique signature for each person you know and again like receiving is not stereotypical it doesn't have to look in a particular way for each person and, and I, I feel like this has really been influenced by my study of human design when i look at someone's body graph and i see oh wow they have this gate too it's called it's like very feminine energy and I see that I'm like, and a person I know, and I was like, oh, no wonder she's so, she's so good at it. You know, it just comes naturally to her. Um, and like another really feminine line. And, and I, and I feel like each person, again, there will be, I, I feel there probably will be a longing for how they want to receive you know, is it, is it from one other person? Is it from, is it from being around a lot of people? Is it from being with multiple people? Um, so I feel like there's a, there's a self knowing, and I feel like it also has, it has this, <laughs> this is what's, this is what's coming through. It has a quality of death, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's Scorpio season while we're recording this, <laughs> but you know, it's like some part of us, I think this is true probably for everyone, you know, has learned to block that connection that hit goes right to the heart. And in like that Ram Dass saying of like, we're all here to just walk each other home and home is to love. So I, the death is like, okay, what, if I ask myself this, you know, like what in me needs to die? I feel the longing for something more, <laughs> And I don't go straight to what needs to die, but I know that process from going through it so many times. Um, and literally, you know, we're doing it with every single exhale. Yes. 
Yes. So there is, there is a practice that there is this sub practice that is the essence of why we are alive. And my, I was saying this, I was talking with my sound designer about our future project we're going to be working on. And he brought up this, um, I can't remember the name of the book. It's like called the morphology of anatomy or an evolution or something. I can't remember. Um, sorry, it's a bad reference, but he brought up like the biochemical workings of the heart and how so like with sodium, and again, don't quote me on this, but there's like a mini death with like, it's almost like the heart has to stop for a moment. And then the sodium molecule does something, you know, like gets it going again. So I think this, I don't even remember what your original question was, but I I would say, I guess the last thing I'll say is, is um, it can be really, sometimes it can feel really messy. It can be so vulnerable. Yes. And I, I think there's also, in a way, what is the energy that matches each person in a particular moment in their lives that helps them land in that vulnerability? Yes. So, like for someone who has a lot, let's say for a, a female identifying or born person um, that has a lot of fire and oomph and like yang energy, you know, there's going to be a particular energy that will be able to match that, I believe you know, and be able to let that person receive in a particular way. I'm thinking of a, um, I mean, I know that's true for my, for my design. I'm thinking of another like very successful businesswoman coach. She is the alpha in her business and in the day-to-day and then her partner, she's like, I need to let that go. I need to let that go. It's that polarity, right? Like (laughs) to be able to feel the wholeness of myself. So I guess the, the, it makes me wonder, you know, like how is a person working with that polarity in their own receiving? And there's probably something they're more comfortable with. Yes. Yes. So what, where, where's, is there a desire to look at that whole spectrum? Yes. It, it makes a lot of sense though, not at the, at the first glance, but definitely this openness to receive pleasure and delight definitely has to do with death with a micro death of, of the ego in a way, because like when you are receiving, you're taking in something that is not you, that then you integrate and becomes you. Like you, you take a bite of a delicious strawberry. Well, the strawberry is giving you the delight of its flesh that will become your flesh and if you eat a lot of strawberries you you will have like a wonderful skin (laughs) because you become that but to become that you need to in a way relinquish what you think you were or that you or it's not to relinquish relinquish who you are but you have to to give up in a way the idea of solidity in being set as you are. Mm. It's, it's like it's like a well. It's it's being sourced with water, and the water comes from somewhere somewhere else. So so yeah, like first you need to exhale and let it all go, so you can then inhale. Otherwise, there's no space. So first is the letting go. First is this little death, and then the then there is this receptacle, this vessel of of desire to be filled with the enlivening quality of pleasure with this energy that is dreaming of of life force and that expresses in a very very unique way way that is sensuality and yeah like we said not in a scandalous way but in a very singular and unique way for each and every one of us like whatever your your human design is or or your beliefs are like you gotta see what 
does this means for you? Like, how can you, like, in a way, let go of certain frontiers that you have so pleasure and delight can come in and, and you become able to welcome it and move and move with it. So, so yeah, I am... I'm curious to, to ask you about a little movement experience or an exercise or something to to get a, a felt sense of what we have talked about. Yeah, I'm happy to, you think like five minutes or something or what? <clears throat> okay. Yeah, so this is a practice that um, I've developed just over many, many years that I've been, I've called it moving with innate wisdom. And if our bodies are this vehicle for consciousness, you know, there's, there's going to be, I'm, I'm moving my shoulders as I'm saying it, like little impulses for movement or rest that want to show up. So my invitation to anyone listening or watching is just, can you, can you kind of like let I'm wiping my forehead, just kind of like let the mind, all of this processing start to soften. And it's like your your head can drop into your body, your awareness can drop into your body. And any movement, again, mine right now is just this moving back and forth, yours may be different, any movement that wants to show up is welcome. And I, I, I would invite you to just almost like scan your body and listen. What wants to maybe rise up? What wants to feel connected? What wants to be invited in? Feel your breath as you pay attention, right? Because as as we're as I'm saying these words, sometimes we can go right to our heads. But I, I invite you to hear them as something that just washes over you to start to be present with the experience of your body, the experience of your breath, the sensations. It may be a lot of movement. It may be lying down or resting in stillness. <sighs> But in this little concentrated bit of time, we open up space for permission. We open up space for you to calibrate, to listen to the movements that are arising through you. You are safe. You are you are witness. And you're also in control here. You can make a choice at any moment. So what if your choice was to be curious? What, what is here through breath? What is here through sound? What is here through sensation? <sighs> what part of your body wants to light up for your attention? What part of your emotional mm, circuitry? <sighs> How does your breath want to be in this moment? Oh, can you, can you welcome it? Whew. Can you make sound if you want to? Uh, whatever it is. Maybe there's some part of you that what does want to be the person who disrupts the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> like, let that be here. But if you shut that down, it is going to disrupt the wedding. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so just like, what is that energy? If you can be here in your body, in presence with that energy and with awareness, it is not you. Just feel that. Whatever energy is here is not you. Whatever emotion is here is not you. Witness it. Be present for it. <sighs> Feeling that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So th those are like prompts to, you know, if a person wanted to just listen to, I don't know how long I was talking, it probably wasn't even a full five minutes, but like, this is, this is the practice I work with when I work with people. And, and it is a conglomeration of all the different pieces. Let's find it in the permission and agency of your own body and the way that it looks for you right now.
Yes, yes. Permission and agency. Ah, it's, it's amazing how how easily we came back to this unbound, undone, natural self, natural, sensual, and expressive self. Like, yeah, it's like just allow your your innate movement to to take to take place yeah mm -hmm. loving it loving it thank you so much michelle really it's been um a joyful delightful experience happy to have you here thank you it's been a pleasure and i i love the topics that we got to cover today yeah amazing so how can we learn more from you and your work Oh, yeah. So I would say go to michelleboulet.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, Boulet, B for boy, O-U-L-E.com. We have a free gift there. Right now it's the Creative's Guide to More Clarity, Confidence, and Income. Sometimes we change it, but just to to get on my email list. And if you want to reach out there, also Instagram or Facebook, michelle.boulet is my Instagram. Sometimes we're a little more active there. So to just connect. And um, I do occasionally do free workshops and I send out a newsletter at least once a month, um, post on social quite a bit. Uh, and yeah, I feel like there's something else here. Just say hello. <laughs> Like connect and and who knows what oh and I do this monthly program the brilliant creatives community we just had our session today and it, it's a potent container and it's people who some of these people have been in working with me for years and they come in and the space is very um, supportive very safe very sacred very transformational um, so if you're called please please reach out fantastic thank you Michelle. Yeah, thank you. And also, thank you, Centralists, for being here. So go to michelleboulet.com. Also go to your Instagram and follow Michelle Boulet. That's her handle. And say hi, connect with her, join her newsletter, jump into her monthly session. It's going to be amazing. Yes. And also, if you haven't already, go grab the free guide to Awaken Sensuality at centraldepoder.com. Catch you next time. Until then, remember to take the time to sense your fire so you can share the flame.